G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Some Christians have the impression that when we were born again, all we received was a ticket to heaven, and that between now and when we get there, we just have to do the best we can. Others believe that what we received at salvation was only the first instalment, and that this will need to be supplemented from time to time with new experiences and blessings which come onto the market. Now this theology of deficiency sends us on an endless pursuit for fix-ups for the past and top-ups for the future. It is a complete variance with the teaching of the New Testament. For example, in 2 Peter chapter 1, we read that His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. When we receive Christ as Saviour, we receive the complete package for all that we will ever need. There are no instalments to the Christian life. God has given us one gift, His Son, Jesus Christ. And included in Him is every other blessing we will ever need for life. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello, thanks for joining us. Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg, looking at how to help others through one-on-one counselling. Now, Ken, you've had a lot of experience in counselling. What would you say is one of the most important things that's helped you in that ministry? Good question. Uh, of course, there are many things that I would say have stood me in good stead, but one of those things would be to have a clear objective in counselling. You know, what is the goal of counselling? What are we trying to achieve? What is our goal? Well, I believe the goal of true Christian counselling is to enable Christians to discover the resources that are available to them in Christ. Now, this usually involves a transition, if you like, from independence and or codependency to Christ dependency. So in other words, the goal of Christian counseling is to bring people into a state of Christ dependency where they discover their sufficiency in Christ. Now, as we've been sharing this week, our problem stems from our disconnectedness from God. And so I guess we need to be connected to God if we're going to be effective Christian counselors. Is that right? That's right. And that's where Jesus comes in. He's He is our connection with God. He's the one that reconciles us to God. Mm. So how does God set us free from this kind of developed lifestyle of independence? We all want to be independent. It's kind of a learned behavior and the attitudes and patterns are sometimes pretty entrenched in our lives after doing it for many, many years. That's true. In fact, God's got a word for it. He calls it the flesh. You know, living independently (laughs) from God in the New Testament is referred to as the flesh. Or if you like, take that letter H away from flesh and the word Spell it backwards, it's self. Oh, really? That's what it is. Oh, it's look not, at that. It's not me with God, but it's me just living independently of God. And, of course, what happens, as Paul said, I think, in one of his epistles, we learn to have confidence in the flesh. Um, you know, the flesh is basically my abilities, what I can do on my own. Mm. Uh, and God wants to take us out of our dependence on the flesh and show us how to live by grace, which, of course, is his ability. That's why Jesus said, you know, um, it's important for us to abide in the vine. I'm the vine, you're the branches. And so the normal Christian life is learning to be Christ-dependent. It's learning to look to him to be our sufficiency, 
look to his grace, look to his wisdom, look to his counsel, and and just look to his intervention at times to to bring us through life. So the flesh produces works, but the spirit or the vine produces fruit. Abiding in the vine leads to fruit bearing. Now, in that analogy where Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, he went on to say, my father is the vine dresser. That's an interesting phrase because what does the the vine dresser do? Well, his work includes helping us to abide in the vine. That's what the Father is focused on. Uh, For example, Phil, it says in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30, uh, it is of God that you are in Christ Jesus. See, when we got saved, the first thing that God did was he he baptized us into his son, Jesus Christ, uh, because that's where we need to be. That's where everything that we need is to be found. And so it's of God that we're baptized into Christ, and that's our dwelling place. Now, he goes on to say in, in the next epistle to the Corinthians, he says, now he who establishes us with you in Christ is God. So not only does God put us in Christ, his goal is to establish us in Christ. Interesting when you think about that vine dresser concept. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind for me is someone with a big set of shears. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming around to prune, you know. Yeah. But the vine dresser is actually tending Yes, to the vine. Exactly. Making sure the vine has sufficient nutrients, that it's yeah. propped up in the way that it should be, that it's maximized for producing fruit. Yeah. And that's really what he's doing here. That's that's very well said, Phil, and, and that's what vine dressing is. And so he knows that our only way of becoming fruitful is to abide in Christ, in mm-hmm. the vine. If the, if the branch is severed from the vine, then it's not going to bear any fruit. So he's really focused, if you like, on getting us to abide in Christ. That's our life. Mm. Now, how does he do that? Well, when we have problems, uh, he doesn't necessarily deliver us from those problems. He lets us see that there are situations in life where we have come to the end of ourselves. We can't do this in the flesh. Mm. We we are not as smart as what we thought. We're not as self-sufficient as we thought we were. And so God allows us to have flesh. For example, you know, when Paul had that thorn in the flesh, whatever that was, he cried out to God. He said, God, you know, get me out of this. Um, take this away. In fact, he was basically saying, my life would be so much better without this. Whereas God said, no, to experience my grace, you actually need this. Because if you just keep going on thinking you can do everything in your own resources, you're never going to draw from my grace. So everything is going to be in your own ability. And so my strength will be made perfect in your weakness. When, when you come into a state of weakness or need, you turn to me. Mm. And guess what? That's when you discover my grace, mm. and my grace is always going to be sufficient for you. I love the phrase he used. You know, we all get to the point that we're at the end of ourselves. We've got no other option than to turn to God, to lean on him. We have to do that and abide in the vine, so to speak. Yeah. Phil, do you remember in Matthew chapter 14, we read about the feeding of the 5,000? I'd love to have been there. Yeah. And then in the <laughs> uh, next chapter, chapter 15, the feeding of the 4,000. Then in the next chapter, Jesus is in the boat with his disciples and he says to them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. So they said, leaven, what's he talking about? Oh, he's having a go at us because we forgot the bread. And so Jesus, realizing what they said, he said, look, you know, what are you talking about me panicking over the fact that we've got no bread? So Phil, do you remember when he fed the 5,000, how many loaves did he use, how many fishes and how many baskets were over? Uh, it was five loaves and two fish that he used. Yeah. And there was lots left over. I can't, I don't Twelve, know. Twelve baskets. Twelve baskets. Okay. okay. When he fed the 4,000, how many loaves, how many fishes, how many baskets over? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry, there were seven loaves, <laughs> a few fishes. Okay. And I believe there were seven baskets but, over. Is that right? But there, were, there was lots, basically. Is that your point? No, it's not. The point is this. The, the less they gave him, the more he did. Okay. He only had five loaves, two fishes, and he fed 5,000 with lots more over, 12 baskets over. 
He had seven loaves and a few fishes, few is more than two, and he only has seven loaves, uh, seven baskets over. So what I'm saying is this, the less we have, the more he can do. The more we think we have, the less he can do. So never plan your life or your ministry on the basis of your resources, mm. but on the basis of God's resources to us in Christ. Mm, really interesting. Now you mentioned at the beginning, Ken, that the goal of Christian counseling isn't just to set people free from independence, uh, but also from codependency and bring them into a state of Christ dependency. Just explain that some more. What do you mean? Yeah, sadly, some counselling today, and and even in Christian circles, amounts to no more than codependency. You know, people depending on other counsellors. Mm. Now, there's a difference between being interrelated and being codependent. We can go to people and get some advice, get some counsel, and so on. But when we when we become dependent upon that person, then uh, there's an unhealthy relationship that develops whereby we look to them instead of looking to Jesus. Now. Codependency then is to depend on someone else to meet a need in my life that I've got no right to expect from them. Now, we talked about independence earlier on in the program. If independence is reliance upon my flesh, then what's codependency? It's reliance upon somebody somebody else's flesh. So flesh is wrong, whether it's my flesh or someone else's flesh. And incidentally, Phil, religious codependency has the power to do what no other form of codependency can do, and that is prevent people from connecting with God. Mm. See, codependency actually disempowers the individual whom Christ has empowered. Now, my goal in counselling is not to get people to look to me or to draw from me, but to connect them to Jesus Christ. That's why I say right at the beginning that the goal of Christian counselling is to bring people to a place of Christ dependency. Helpful advice this week on the subject of one-on-one counselling and we'll continue our conversation tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.